Culture Podcast with Alaska, Curly Castro, and Zilla Rock. All right, what it is, what it do, where it's at, and what it costs and shit. <laughs> gas is expensive, but oxtails are more expensive. Like, y'all people are concerned with gas, y'all drivers. I'm worried about the oxtail price. Mm. It's going through the roof. A true indicator get, of inflation it, is the oxtail price. invest in something? Invest in oxtails because the oxtail price is going through the roof. Tell me that share in the morning. I'm going to go on Robin Hood now. I'm going to buy the dip on oxtail. <laughs> I am Curly Castro, one third of the call out culture triumvirate. And we are here today with an, I keep saying illustrious, but I'm going to stick with illustrious, even though I would, I'm going to find some other words. I'm going to get my Magnum, uh, I, I like to say magnanimous. Oh, I like that one. I like that one. I like um, inimitable, the, indomitable. Um, the, <laughs> Indomitable, gregarious, gregarious. Um, Irre- I, I like effervescent. Like, is that a word? Effervescent. I like effervescent. <laughs> He's effervescent. I love effervescent. I always <laughs> like that. The effervescent. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yes. The effervescent. You know how um with uh with um it was the magnificent, especially mm-hmm. with my Did brother right here. It, the effervescent. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight we have guests for uh, on Call Out Culture is the one and only Mike King. Thank you, brother. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm excited you know to be here. You know what I'm saying? First time, first time guest, long time friend, me and Mike. Go way back. Way back. Way back. A lot of years. Way back to uh, the long dreads, patchouli, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and cats walking around Temple Campus with a, with a camera around their neck talking about their photography. <laughs> Yo, I like like shoe stick era. You know what I mean? Yeah, I knew I knew I knew three cats working on calendars taking pictures of chicks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a glorious time, boy. Glorious time. Enough man. beeswax to make you sit your head spin. Yo, know, so tonight. <laughs> no, this is my man Mike go back. Wow. Yeah, oh cal- yo, my man was shooting the calendar. It's mid late 90s, baby. Yeah. Talk about. <laughs> never not, not went to print. Nothing went to print last. It was just over. But no, I, anyway, yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was, I, but it, we, I remember he started like two calendars long process. It was hilarious. Where were they um, gonna sell them? Like DIY be- calendar salesmen of college <laughs> girls. Like, the what? chicks in dorms around campus. I don't know. Nah, then you sell it to the boys on campus. That's right, it. Like all the legwork you have to do to like take it to a printer, press up a thousand pieces. Oh, you take it to a printer? Nah, fam. That was Kinko's back then. That's no, it. Or no, no. Right, Kinko's on Spring Garden. Go right, no, no, no. You go right to the printer. Um, your your whatever printer, whatever building you have access to that you can get into, like after mm, six, and you go right there. True. You find your little paper stacks. And it, I, I remember my senior, my senior year, which was like my fifth, sixth year at the school. You when I learned senior. you could. Oh man, I used to burn through their supplies. I had pens, I had staplers. <laughs> I was taking everything. All my meetings were at conference rooms out on Temple Campus. Every every hip hop thing I did. Oh, I had I had I had a I had a collect back then. I had hip hop society back then. I had a lot of stuff going on there. I had groups and shit. Still I mean, like, back, but like yo, <laughs> back in the CDR era, that's what we was doing too. Yo, was somebody was, office, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. using a Color printer, fuck, me, yo, fuck that! Like, um, like going to the convention center, renting rooms and shit like that. You, dog, I was, I was doing the flash disc at Temple. Remember the flash mm-hmm. disc? Yeah, I was hitting yeah, that at, at Adamberg Hall, boy. Putting, putting the sessions you're still on. Still matriculating, burn through your school. You don't realize how much free materials it is mm-hmm. until you're almost leaving. Same, same way. This, it, to me, it parallels 
the same way the tour is the best on the last two or three dates because by then you know all the words of the songs yeah. everything yep. right when the tour ends is when it's the best and right when college yeah. ends is when yes. you can really milk them and you really learn how to um I mean, my man built his studio, not my man, but my acquaintance built his studio. He was working in the studio and he took one piece of equipment a month. <laughs> yeah. What, from Temple's, at the, at the, Temple's oh, joint? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. boy, it's way back in the day, son. They had to That's rewind wild. the whole thing. And then by the end, at the end of the both semesters, he's taking like one piece a month. He had, like, it was. His last day, he just, he just took like the actual like like tape machine. He just like walked out with under his I'll, I'll bring it back so his tomorrow. Crib, his crib looked like the studio. <laughs> So by the time I got the campus, they had like all these strict policies for signing things out. You had to put your it's because of him. Yeah, hey, it's because so his boy. It was a wild, wild west. Been, uh, this cat, what was that cat's name? Dane. So I know, I knew him. Yo, every month he was coming. Like, look what I got. You know how to use man. it? Nah, here's the instruction manual. You look through it. I like it. You know, college was uh, a home of the scams, man. Anyway, my point. Those of us. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead, yeah. No, I was gonna say I probably shouldn't even talk about this on recording. <laughs> so, Statue of limitations is no, over. He, good. he works for yeah. a university. That's no, the problem. He works for He's gonna get canceled out. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. <laughs> what did you say? This your senior prank was it? Anyway. <laughs> uh, it was let's, like let's, pure criminality, man. It wasn't even like. <laughs> No, I'm saying like my man, he wasn't signing stuff out. He was opening the back door. Opening the oh, back, yeah. somebody pull up to the back, loading dock, throw one piece in there. Yeah, so his whole like, studio, I mean, whole studio says property at Temple. Temple, you know, <laughs> <it's about, laughs> spray paint. With the spray paint joint, with a stencil it's spray paint. They you know spray it. No, I remember. I had a friend who stole a master key from an RA. Oh, and then wow, over winter brother. break, they cleaned out all the dorms. Wow. Oh. That's, that's, that's Yo, speaking of equipment, one time I walked into a, you know, like a music equipment store and I like literally walked right in, grabbed the DJ mixer and just walked out. Nice. <laughs> was, were you in San Francisco last week doing this? Was you in San Francisco? Nah, this, this had to be like, I don't know, like 20 years ago or so. <laughs> And I just couldn't, I couldn't believe I got away with it. Like I just walked no, in, grabbed like it, and left. To be there? Like, yeah. I knew somebody that took, like, when they were changing over computers, that was also a good time. So when they would take all the computers and put them in some storage thing, the old computers, and they right. start retrofitting the new computers. And if you had a way to get to the door, you literally rolling out uh, that big truck thing that people move in with, that big uh, basket, uh, no, oh, that yeah. big basket that people move in with, that pen and stuff. I think it was filled with computers. We were just rolling that joint out in my mad truck, straight up. Jesus. There were some older computers, but they weren't that old. They weren't old enough. Anyway. Yeah, I, w- I went to college long enough ago that they would send pre-approved credit cards to people. Oh, I was send them to you? Pre-approved. Then pre-approved. You didn't even have to call like, them. Here. I was oh, yeah. there. Spin that. They had, they had yeah. tables. And then just be like, I never got it. I never. <laughs> yeah, that's no, like no, Columbia no, House. Exactly. You move into a different dorm every year. You get like Alaska, a lot of people got in a lot of debt off that credit card, but they've given people yeah. cards like a thousand dollar credit. Oh yeah, you no, want, I know. You I, want a thirty I mean, free T-shirt? For a long time. You got, yeah, you get all, yeah. all that swag. They stopped doing it. The free, the free, the free gym bottle, the T-shirt. When I went to school, all that swag they were sitting there with the tables. You want a squeeze bottle? You want a wallet? Come get this credit card. Sign up for this credit card. People had four or five credit cards and stuff. Shit was fucked up. And I talked to them later. They shit was fucked up. You fucking 20 years old, you got $10,000 worth of credit card debt. Like a weirdo. Anyway. <laughs> like a weirdo. You mean like most of America? Exactly. We're, exactly. Straight That's up. my point. Get in the game. 
All right, let's tell the ladies and the gentlemen and the listeners and the um and the um, swindlers what they are here for tonight. Tonight we are talking lineage of greatness, notorious. No, I like to call him Biggie Smalls. That's who I met. That's who I started following. Yeah, Biggie Smalls. Mm-hmm. Didn't even know about the copyright thing. With the white dude, I just yeah. I just thought he was just doing notorious. I thought he was just being clever. To be honest with you, um, notorious Big Biggie Smalls, Frank White. Frank M.H., you know what I'm saying? Phenomenal. Um, yes, the phenomenon. We're here to talk about, you know, all things Biggie. As we, as we will. We won't be too long-winded. And we're going to get into it. All right, y'all ready? Sure. <laughs> I've, I've been listening to this shit all day. This has been a great day. I did another one of my little dabbles. I only listened to a few of my favorites. I got wow. it all in my head. I'm Brooklyn. I'm Brooklyn's own. If anybody don't know, I'm from Brooklyn, born. Are you, Brooklyn. Wait, wait. Since oh, when? so we switched. Are you, wait, are you from switched. Brooklyn? I didn't know that. That's Shut crazy. Shut up, motherfucker. You know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. You got to verify that. I'm not sure the, the listeners are aware. You're from Brooklyn. Brooklyn God damn it. Don't make me hurt myself. I'm too old to be screaming it's like that. It's out my window. That's right. Bang. That's right. Oh, we did switch. We did switch. Right? Yes, I'm out here. So. All right, first up, what makes Biggie's bars so goddamn good? Like, just as, as much as you can articulate it, it's not that he was the most technical or the most high-end science guy. You know, it wasn't a verbal thing. It wasn't like an over-your-head thing. It wasn't even in the vein of Rakim, per se, with a knowledge thing. What made Biggie's bars so good? Biggie is almost purely intangibles. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like he just has like such a perfect flow mm-hmm. that he never went against the beat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You think of, you think of you think of technical rappers, and you know I'm talking about myself when I say this. A lot of it is like on beat, off beat, and like you know you're not you're not necessarily thinking about like how do I just perfectly flow with this. He kind of mm-hmm. like pours his flow onto the beat so perfectly. And he's just got like a really strong voice too, right? Like, so it's not about bars with Biggie, not to say he didn't have bars, mm-hmm. but it w- it's not about that. It's about the like experience that you get from like an intangible perspective. And that's why him and Method Man doing a song together at that time was so powerful because you had mm-hmm. two rappers that were like oh. pure intangible rappers. Yes, you know I mean? yes. So if you can close like your it. eyes and imagine rap not not put it in any type of form or whatever mm-hmm. i feel like it would come close to like you described a biggie and a method man song if you could just if it would just smoke form and you know if you just using your your, your open mind you just like what is hip-hop you right. know what i'm saying the only thing i think biggie i guess lacked if you want to call it was the look he didn't look necessarily but he like, didn't need to he was he that cool. no 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 <laughs> that, that, like, that's what made like, him saying, special like, right but i'm saying the typical like like Michael Jordan was the prototype basketball size. Sure. Right. Will LeBron. Smith, special ed. You see what I'm saying? Run. I'm just saying like that prototypical. Even Nas. Hip-hop. Nas just LL looks cool like a J. fucking rapper. To me, early Earl was like wearing the full uniform. Right. You know what I'm saying? B-boy stand. I'm just saying like, you know, too short. Cats like that. K. Biggie had a, he even stood different. He didn't, he never stood in a B-boy stance folding his arms or anything like that. He stood regally. He yeah. stood like a king. Go ahead, Z. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot with the lyrics. Um, to me, it's the simplicity. And and his simplicity is timeless. So when he says the game sour like a pickle bee, it's timeless. He wrote that. <laughs> right, when he was it's not 24. a date. 
Right. It's not. Right. It's not like how we talked about Redman last week, where he was talking about you know take a stab at it, like OJ. Like nah, bro. Right. Right. Even exactly. He says like yeah, like even when Biggie says like money and blood don't mix, like two dicks and no bitch. No bitch. Timeless, you know what I mean? Like that's just a funny thing. Yeah, to that's say. still true. That's it's still true. Says, like, it's not like something that sticks to the to the towers. No, down. he says, you know, like I'm, I'm although he had those like, bars, he did, but yes, like I make it hot like a kettle get you delicate. Like that's or even like you know who would ever think that you would spread like mustard? You know what I mean? It's just like it was so simple to me, but there's a timeless piece to it. But then he would also say like very very specific things like. You know, your bitch fuck my man Jacob. You know what I mean? Like my man Jacob. Like that's like everybody. That's like a that's that. like a bar that like like common sense would say. You know how he always has like references to like, oh, like his ghost friends. Face. Yeah, Ghostface yeah. too, or like Rayquan. Like you know, oh, Rayquan. These anonymous people we don't know yeah. anything about. They drop, but he but they he talks about them like we know who they are. You know right. what I mean? Or, right, or even yeah. when when Biggie says, "What's the other party?" There he says like he's like. Heard your bitch, she could suck a good dick and hook a steak up. Like that's the most amazing. She could, your girl could cook steak. But Z, like, when you say that, being, when you have those are important factors. But Z, when you say that, when you bring that stuff up, these people they drop these characters in, and we brought that up in in, a, in our past like thirty episodes. It's come up somewhat frequently. Mm-hmm. Always don't don't forget early hip hop and even like the nerve system of of raps and stuff. It's still conversational. Sure. There's still a lot of mm-hmm. songs. Where the the, the the artist is almost talking to us, almost even a little right. back like and your, forth. Your rain on the top was short like leprechauns. Yeah, the most, the most basic, simple to thing like, to say. You know I'm what I mean? saying it's conversational. So, like, we are, at, he is asking for us to understand. You know what I'm saying? There are things that they're talking to us about. Yo, man. Like there, there's a lot of specificity out. in his simplicity, though, too, right? right? Like, yes. they say the, the best comedians are the ones that make very specific, like, they're very specific and more detailed in their mm-hmm. stories like those are the things that make things stand out he's very much like that like yeah, e- so. even like a line like don't be mad ups is hiring like, that's, yeah. that's so poignant though it's, it's, so, it's so perfect <laughs> it still works People you know or reference back you know i was in that ass while a man was playing against the utah, utah jazz, jazz. Uh, yes. that's crazy. <laughs> you know she I mean? don't like, know i'm cool as a fan like the most basic thing to say <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hand. i don't want to blast I her, man. your man but i can't yeah, and i will though like that's He's kind of ill, yo. It's he, he just had that, like, like the simplicity, you're right? It's like there's no, but by being so simple, like Mike was saying, the flow was hyper technical because he's riding everything. I could fill you with real millionaire shit. Escargo, my cargo, 160, 160 swiftly. I can buy yeah. a new run, your crew run, 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 run. That's like four patterns right yeah. there. He just yeah. changed, yeah, but he, he never sacrificed the flow for the bar. Mm, like no. that is never something you can find in Biggie's catalog anywhere. Yeah. Mm. He never spilled over the floor. I've never heard him. He doesn't spill, mm-hmm. like, you know, like somebody like LP would mm-hmm. or Aesop Rod. Never sp- I'm just saying, I know that, you know, that abstract a little bit more, but I've never heard Biggie spill over the floor. And that's something that I, when I, when I admire some MCs that have like little off kilter flows on like mine, sometimes my metronome can't even do it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so, yeah. Like Biggie has that rhythm where his rhythm, he's gonna be locked in. He was probably well, he said, you know, these cats they start rapping when they were nine. Mm-hmm. They pick it up. And if you have if you ever look at a kid that raps early, I had this one client, well, not client, he was a classmate of my client, a cat named Sage. He could just rap. He just mm. knew what he was doing. He was mm. eleven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's a second. And age. his name was and his name was Sage. Mm. I'm a Puerto Rican kid. 
And I remember he said, um, what'd he say? Um, something like I appear out of nowhere. Um, walk in a room and it's cold there because I left my presidential there. Like that, like his his watch is making a room cold or something like that. But yeah, but I'm just saying, but my point is it felt like Biggie was a natural earth rhyme, like came out the earth rhyme. Yeah. Not even exaggeration, like you know, just took to it. Like um, we know his uncle was a um was a horn player or a drummer. No, 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 no. His, it was the neighborhood friend. The neighborhood dude the was the jazz dude, and then his uncles were in Jamaica player. doing the toasts and, and doing the dub plates and all that. Yeah. But he had that that one cat living on his block played like Yeah, so like that dude taught him. him on a technical I, level. Right, what to try to which do. Which is the super where, fucking cheat code. Where to like, try to fit in. Because it's still, it's still, he's still fitting in. Like Mike said, <clears throat> he never went again. <clears throat> his flow never over-dominated the beat, but he found a way to fit yeah. into the beat. So, so even, even somebody like Jay, right? Like who we know for flow, <clears throat> right? Okay. Yeah. Even he has times where he's not in the pocket mm-hmm. in the way that Biggie has always been in the pocket. Correct. Yeah. Right. Point. Right, yeah. Biggie's also never boy. been burnt on a track. Any track no. he's on, he's the alpha. That's gonna come he's up. Down. There's and, nobody. Elastic. When he did Notorious Thugs, that's when I was like, okay, this is like Mike Tyson's tenth knockout in a row because <laughs> it's like you know what I'm saying. Like you know, such a distinct when style. I, and he just made. And it when I own. heard about the song, I figured they would do their style on mm-hmm. the song and they would be better at it because they're, you know. And even though he didn't do exactly their style, he still lorded over them with the track. Sorry, mm-hmm. last. I'm just saying that was that's that's. No, no, it's. I mean, that's that's the thing. No matter where you put him, he's gonna he's gonna win. Like to, even like Mike brought up Jay, and I've been saying this to you guys all week. Like, yep. when Jay Wait, and Big are on a track together, Jay sounds like an intimidated little brother. <laughs> that's <laughs> coming up. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, as what's that coming up? That's coming up. That's a second. okay. Cool. That's coming up. That's coming up. So. All right, let's um let's let's keep it rocking. Um, Alaska, did you give your explanation? You did. I mean, I, I, I've right. given plenty of points. Yeah, yeah. So here we here we go. We jumping right into. Usually we save this for the end, but we doing this at the beginning. Favorite verse. Favorite verse. Not that big. Oh. You pick one, pick two. There, I, I throw a couple out. I I know it's hard to pick. I've been dreading this shit all day, bro. I've been dreading this. I know it's hard to pick. I'm so gonna start one. I'm just gonna go with unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh, I was I knew it. Someone's gonna take unbelievable. <laughs> which which verse? First 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 verse. First verse. First verse. Yeah. Out the gate. Out the gate. Hell like yeah. like so you know, I I'm pretty sure I'm younger than all of y'all. So like when when Biggie passed, I was like 16. So that means like when I was hearing his records, I was like 13, 14, 15. And for me at that point, rappers were still like magicians. Like I didn't Mm. understand the idea of like patterns. And and it's just like, you hear this and you're just like, this is like the coolest shit. You know what I mean? And and anytime I I hear unbelievable, I'm kind of transported to that moment before I understood rap and it's still like a magical experience. You see what I'm saying? And like when he comes on the track, he's like live from bed with Savas and it's like, yeah, yeah, that's where we are. (laughs) (laughs) The live is what, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Hell yeah. So so what about, but why unbelievable compared to all the other verses? 
Like, is it is it because it just that, zaps that you back to that that time? Yeah, I think that's that's more what it is, you know. Because there's other verses that we may even consider to be more lyrical, like mm-hmm. "Who shot you?" "Kicking the door," things like that. But you know, that's like one of the first times I heard Biggie over Primo. Like, oh, it, it was just a moment. You know what I'm saying? Jesus. And I think that's a lot of it. Like when we think about music, and also like what our connection is to music, like more modern music we don't have the nostalgia associated with it, right? Like even a song like One More Chance, it was like oh. that That summer, was that like 95, 96? Yeah, yeah that was a big Yo, summer. it was wow. that song, it was that song, it was uh, the Meth and Mary John, and mm-hmm. then like yeah. probably something off of Cuban Links, like, I don't know, Ice Cream or something like that. Yes. Every car was playing those three songs. Running, yep. Yeah. Running you know what summer. I mean? And so- Lording over the summer. Exactly. And so when you when you hear a record like that and you just like you just feel like you're 14 again, you can't compete with that with anything like any new record is going to make you feel that way. Yes. That's true. Damn. Good point. Um, all right. I'm going to go. This is really hard, man. Mean? I want to say why well, right, I'm not going to pick this song, but I will say I think hypnotize is the greatest lyrical performance on a rap single ever made. Okay. Like that is a smash. song. That is a bold statement. I think it is. <laughs> I've been thinking about it all day. Like that song is in the fucking spider verse. Right? Honestly, honestly, if I'd never heard that song again, I'd be okay. But I think, I think the rhyming is so crazy on that song. But the song is so big, we don't look at it as like a rhyming song. No, you know, like, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I don't agree it's the greatest performance, but I agree that it's it's um what's the word? It's 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 like hidden how technical yes. and interesting right, it is. Right, that's what I'm getting at. Right. Like yeah. that, like for on a big, huge giant that was a big song the first day it ever came out. So let me let me echo let me echo your sentiment but, on that before wait, you even get into the verse, yeah. because that was that's what I, I was gonna pick. Hypnotize, okay. one verse on hypnotized because I Mike I didn't like the song when it first came. Mm. I did not no, like it. I was it. taping I, that off Power ninety nine. Wait, I want to cassette me, like running. Yeah, finish. but you got to remember the context the at that. Let me point. get this spell out. Let me get this spell out. So let's check it. So we got we, you know we'll talk about it. We got um ready to die, very hip hop record. Sure, compared to life after death. Sure, it's unbelievable and juicy and stuff. But there's a lot of like pure hip hop elements in there scratching mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the three verses yeah, the hooks and stuff right. yeah like there's a lot of um formulaic hip-hop stuff on that first record that people kind of forget because we get into the cinema of life after death that's right. like sure. a movie like for people mm-hmm. that talk about oh my raps are a movie they really made a movie when you listen when you listen to that and like good headphones warning like yeah uh, mm-hmm. the um, first song um things done change yeah all the sound effects going on in the yeah. right channel Mm-hmm. And that's like Puffy saying, like, look, I want real and I could see, I could see him. I said, I want a real ambulance siren. Don't go and get no stock sound. Get a motherfucker. <laughs> go outside. The, yeah. Go outside and grab the siren and rip it off the truck and bring it in. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they, that was, it like real violence. So my point is, I did not like hypnotize. I knew where they were going. And like they, they did juicy and unbelievable. But I was ready. Who shot your head dropped? He was doing he was doing like some real. I was ready. And that was the first song you giving me. Him running after scenes but in the that's video. That's what I'm saying. Think about the so context. Because by, yeah, the, time, yeah. by the, the time them records was dropping, you know, we had um, like OGC had this Biggie. And like, right. we're, right. there was like this this bifurcation in hip hop where, where it was like, all right, you're on the real hip hop side or you're on yes. the jiggy side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. And so yeah. I remember being overwhelmed when I listened to the song just the third time. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my God. Oh my God! I, I just a like note to the like, plaintiff. Your daughter's tied up in a Brooklyn basement. That's some wild <laughs> shit to say on a club song. That's wild. That's wild. Yeah, I mean, he he was still sneaking in some of them like dead wrong bars in there. Yes. You know I mean, <laughs> so my my actual verse though, after a lot of thinking, is player's anthem. Mm. Well, okay. How you live in Biggie Smalls? I'm surrounded by criminals, heavy rollers, even the Oh, yeah, individuals. I love that song. Yeah. Skunkin' Man Phillies beating down Billy Badasses, cracks and stacks and mess. Yeah. If robbery's a class, bet I passed it. That, no, like, my, that my, type of shit. my other choice was going to be the Get Money remix. He lit that one up, too. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, that's Maybe Big Papa. He's at Tijuana. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. Like, yeah. But you can't even like read this shit without doing his verse. You exactly. Know what I mean? like, That's what I'm saying. Like just the way his play, flow is so play, distinct. Yeah. All day, every day. I don't know what else to say. Come yeah. on, man. I've been Robert Fools is running them with singing. Here we go. Snatch your ropes at the Roxy home, boy. You didn't know. A flow detrimental to your health. Usually rope yourself having sunrise shotgun. My Here's my cool part real quick. Right there. That part. He is the only dude to talk about lyrics and like spitting without being corny as fuck. My mind's my nine, my pen's my Mac Max 10, it. my target, all you whack brothers just started rapping. Like, everyone makes fun of the lyrical, spiritual dudes. He would do that shit. He did, I mean? he did. He, he said it. lyrical, whatever, and it's like, okay, Always. it's biggie. He got a pass <laughs> being that, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like, I don't know how, but he was so cool. It was just in there, and then he would take you back to like, you know, what's it say? Like, you know, caviar for breakfast, champagne, bubble bath. Like, he takes you into it, that like, gets right the fuck out. Yeah. Other lyrical shit, but he was. <laughs> but the one thing that's really good about him is he was always very concise. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't like he wasn't giving us dissertations like cannabis. Like he was right. Like, wasn't he was yeah, getting? Yeah, he was getting great imagery in like real small spaces. Like like you just said, caviar for breakfast, champagne, bubble bath. Like that makes you think. Like you know the yep. Scarface scene in the in the exactly. uh, tub and all of that. Like it's very clear from four words. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. That's Alaska. What you got, brother? Man. Um, I mean, I personally I think like the verse that I always think of the big is the first verse of Juicy. That verse is just really <sighs> almost perfect. The one that like kind of like really sticks with me is um on the only you remix. Oh, I was thinking that one. Jeez. Yeah. That shit is so dope. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it takes me back like, to high school dances right there. Yeah, always killed. I bought yeah. that CD single at Circuit City. Mm, on the, I love the, the alliteration. The thin, the thin <laughs> case with, with him and Mace. Oh, the CD single. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, you want yeah. to. Come on, you want to. Buddy, I'm afraid. Like, yo, him and, I wish I wish he and Mace could have worked together more because they were fucking dynamite, man. Like yeah, in terms of the R&B too. shit. And then flexing on the jiggy shit. But why did you pick that though out of all the fucking rhymes? I just like the flow of it, man. I like the like the um the shit where he's just like Malibu Sea Breeze, Dom Peas, Palm Trees, Cats named Pablo, Milked Out Diablos. Bro. Again. The williest, bitches be the silliest. Really but no, so let's, let's go back to that. The more I smoke the small let's little back to that. Really like he gave you so much in like four bars. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean like, that's what I love about Juicy. Like the first four bars sets up the whole scene of mm-hmm. his career. Like from there on, you know who you're dealing with. And it's like, to me, it's like 
Biggie is the first like pop rapper that actually was able to do it without being a sellout or being yeah. considered mm-hmm. a sellout. 100%. Like he created perfect pop music, but did it through hip hop. And did it through gritty teeth. He didn't even want to do it. He didn't even yeah. want to do those joints. He didn't want to do it. He just did it. And it's like nobody's been able to do it the way that he's like done. Like that sense, you know? Yeah. No, everything else has been like a very, like for, for so for example, like Jay, when when Jay did Hard Knock Life, right, his third album, like the amount of time and effort, he was probably like 29, 30 when that dropped. Mm-hmm. Like Biggie was like 22 making Juicy, 23 right. making yeah. Get Money Remix. Like he was just effortless in a way to make these songs. Like Mike said, One More Chance Remixed. I mean, that was fucking bigger than anything on the actual album. Big yeah. Papa, which is huge. Yeah. Like These are massive songs and they just kind of rolled off of him. Whereas Jay was like the first album probably did three hundred thousand. Cool. No. The second one. Oh, I mean, I mean Sunshine, yeah, I mean, which I mean, I love the second album a lot. Like I really love it. But but it takes him to get to his third album to even be on a level of like Biggie's old, old, old shit. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's that's how advanced this fucking guy was. So yeah. Like parties and bullshit was incredible, and that was a B side that just took off. Like these were songs that had lives of their own. So All right, like, so guess versus on like the super cat single before his album. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, that song I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm about to flip it on. Yeah, it is. It is weird. Nah, <laughs> 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 But you didn't. You didn't like third eye. <laughs> Your man, third eye. <laughs> when Puffy was rapping like Onyx. Oh my god! With like no facial hair. Oh, he looked crazy. First I got one for y'all. I got one for y'all because um, oh, what's your, what's your verse? I'm sorry. You you picked hypnotize. So at first I was gonna pick who shot you. <laughs> then I was gonna go with uh hypnotism because the um the, your heart sounded, sounded like, like Sasquatch, Sasquatch feet. Come on, bro. I can hear sweat trickling down your cheek. Do you know how a, a, a tune you have to be to hear sweat trickling down some? <laughs> or it's gotta be a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Or it's just like it's to, to the fact where it's musical and I can put it in my rap. But I'm I, I really was taken aback by um I went from construction Tim's to acts with rims flipping mixtapes. The bitches, bitches feeding me great in my mind state. Big pop of flow is lethal. That weed make my ass want to kill four people. <laughs> Fuck the game. Give me the dame in the range. My nigga up to pawn, drop top jack walls. I'll blow you when you step in the car. That's that superstar status. Apparatus. More wigs for cashes. Seeds. Roll the hashes in the pocket with the nine. Roll up the whole dime as my seats recline. I want a presidential rollie. So I crushed. So I crush MCs the guacamole, Holy. making Robin screen. Holy moly. Holy. The <laughs> points. Papa, fuck a cape. I'm that paper crusader playing Sega in the wide body blazer. That's points. <laughs> the points, bro. Points, yo. Points. That shit is crazy. I was like, oh. Dude, he had me stuck that? off that when he said I went from mixtapes to bitches feeding me grapes. That's it. You win. You are a Roman emperor. <laughs> in, like, in jumping on bars. something like that with coolio's on it yeah like, red man all them panther soundtrack like, crazy yeah. yeah so he fucking kills just, everybody but i was so into the i was so into the panthers i couldn't believe that biggie made a song even referencing them he didn't mention the panthers sure. at all in his rap no whatsoever he's totally off topic but it's still the greatest thing <laughs> and, uh, Crush him and block the that was so common back then you know yeah, what I mean? Like you, you have a rapper on an R and B song that would just like kick a battle verse. That's nothing to do with the song. And make it work. All right. Um let's do one more topic and then we'll hit a quick break. But um just really quick, I want to not quick, but you know, however you want. Which of his albums do you prefer over the other? Ready to die. Life after Ready that. Ready to die? 
Yeah. Was he life after death last yeah. yeah, I think life after death. It used to, it was life ready after. to die for the longest, but life after death has been hitting me more lately. It I agree with you with that. Ready to die was such a Brooklyn experience to me. I think was that 94? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I'm still so I'm still home and like machine I'm playing machine gun funk on my CD play. You know, I'm walking around Brooklyn with Biggie bump and Biggie coming out of cars as, as Mike alluded to. You know what I'm saying? It was definitely a car audible culture mm-hmm. where you'd be influenced by not just cars, but like people on the first floor with their window open. Mm-hmm. They put the speaker in the window. And so ready to die was very much me in Brooklyn. Life after death drop, I was like in college uh, two years in. Um, I can tell y'all a story about we we got we we <laughs> me and my friends had gotten our hands on life after death two weeks before it, it dropped. Mm. And we were trying to figure out what to do with it. We had a friend on campus whose um, cousin worked for a magazine. So they had Life After Death. And she and we say, yo, can we just hold it? Let, let us hold it, right? So she let us hold it. She didn't know what we were going to do. What we did was <clears throat> we went to everybody we knew. This is the 90s, y'all. So bear with me. Scams, we went to everybody we knew with, um, with, with, a, with a double tape deck. Everybody had a double <laughs> tape deck, right? We we had a whole array on a whole wall in one of the dorms of like 20 double tape decks. We went out and bought oh, wow. like 50 tapes. We took, we put Ready to Die on one tape. We put Life After Death, both discs on another tape. Taped the tapes together. They opened out like this. And we were selling them shits at, by lunchtime the next day for Yo, like 10 a pop, 15 a pop. Professional wow. bootleg over it. Yo, we had, a whole, we had a whole system going. The girls that was fucking with us and just liked us. They were working on the labels. We was up all night, we took shifts. I did a two hour shift, I go to sleep. My man doing a two hour shift because you had to flip the tapes. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. it was so ill. So I mean, like I, we had it so lined up at one point, it would go. <laughs> like all the tapes would stop right now at the same time. You flip them and then and you just sit there and wait for it to record because you got to record it. Yeah, I think you could go record real time. No, double speed. A little faster, but let me yeah, find yeah, out. Yeah. Double speed recording. Let me yeah. find out. You started disc makers in your dorm. <laughs> Yo, we was. It, this was like like ninety four. So we got in trouble though because one teacher came out here and was like, "You have a permit to do this." We had a boombox permit. In the, we had a boombox in the hallway leading to the um. Do you, do you have legal counsel to do this? Yeah, I know. Like, Get the fuck so out we, of had, here, we had a boombox. We were standing in the hallway where everybody comes through to go to eat. So lunchtime, we just posted up playing Biggie. And it was like, what's that? That's the new Biggie? And he was like, yo, come over here. We felt like, yo, you want to know? Come over here, right? Oh, and we, we was we was so geeked. Let, let me tell you how stupid we were. We were so geeked from how much money we made at lunchtime. We just gave Shorty a $100 bill. We was like, we're doing great. We're going to kill at dinner. Dinner is when the teacher came, tapped me on the shoulder. You have a permit for this? What are y'all doing here? <laughs> permit. We had a bootleg tape. Yep, here's my permit from City Hall. Here it is. Somebody took the card. Somebody took the boombox. Ran in different directions. And we had to break out. <laughs> we ended up. We ended up going into the high rise dorms. We had like these high rise dorms at Temple, like 10, 15 floors, selling the tapes for a discount, five dollars a pop. Because that time <laughs> we lost all the momentum we had. By that time, we was losing the lust of having the Biggie album more early oh and stuff. People that. Yeah, people was probably dubbing your tape. Yeah. Yes, mm. exactly. People giving tapes to each other. So we lo- we needed to maximize that day, get that lunch and dinner, but we did that lunch. Lick. But also what else happened was a uh, person came wandering over from the hospital because she started the band on and she got into it. One of my friends and he smacked her with a stapler. And <laughs> he, had to, he had to go on the run for like a few days because she was like, 
the cops came and everything. All right, so it got even it got even worse than just the teacher telling. So this is why you choose life after death or ready to die. Because this, this, <laughs> I had this experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we almost got in trouble and the saga. Did. Like all these cops pulled up looking for him because the lady was kind of beat up pretty bad with the patient. <laughs> he beat and up a hospital patient. Yeah, seriously, he did. He really oh did. My, yo, just, everyone is, just got I think the moral of the story is for everything we've said is everyone's just a complete piece of shit in college. <laughs> <laughs> for all of our experiences all scam all scams any scam will money. do beating up fucking people whatever it's gonna do stealing that was, i remember the um the uh serotonin the mel- no what's the thing that you get when you get a text message serotonin yo it was raging we were so giddy at lunchtime last year we were yeah, the happiest that, motherfucker in that in that car because Steal, stealing so from a dead man. You guys got a good see, rush out of that. There you went to college a little later than me. In the 90s, ain't nobody had no money. No, Everybody mm-hmm. was scrou- trying to scrounge up 10 to $20. I went to every college day. in the 2000. What, were we fucking caked out? What are you talking about? We didn't have shit. No, but by then, by then, y'all, y'all go to college, y'all get a, a job on campus immediately. You know what I'm saying? You were fi- you, you, y'all were figuring out stuff quick enough. Because yeah, I had jobs. We were some of us jobs. broke. Yeah, three jobs. I was selling was CDs broke. on campus. That's what I was doing. <laughs> So <laughs> what I'm saying is, uh, this is this is the winning battles. Mike, oh. this is back in the day when uh, when Monch Torre was selling CDs on the train. Wow. You wow. remember Monch? You don't remember Monch? Nah. No, Torrey? I remember. I remember. You remember? You remember? Yeah, like you remember? That's crazy. <laughs> so anyway, the, the fact that we were able to get ten dollars, twenty dollars out of people was like a miracle because people didn't have twenty dollars, you know, on any given day. So um. But so that's that, why I remember that, life that after death. There you go. Yeah, we was we was cracking, but not because yeah. of the art, the music, the songs, no. No, evolution no, no. of I mean, man. Uh, you know, he passed. Put the food on the table, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, I I think yeah, it's the same thing. Lunch. I think it's the same thing I was saying before. Is it's like he has such a a big experience with that record. You know what I mean? And like. Mm-hmm listening to those records transports him to that experience. And so again, by the time Life in the, After Death came out, I was like, okay, there's some dope records on here, but like, yo, this is that sellout music. Like this mm. is, you know what I mean? Mo Money, Mo Problems. Like that was the song where we were talking about shit. shiny suits and shit. You know oh yeah, I mean? and I think this was like my, um, like I wasn't even a fan of Cobain, I was aware, but this was like my Cobain moment. I'm from Brooklyn for mm-hmm. a cat that passes and then they drop his album. Right, get into this whole posthumous thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I have very strong feelings about that, specifically because of how Biggie was handled with some grace, at least with that album at that point in time. Mm. So, I have a real big problem with like all of the extra Tupac albums and even that Biggie song that dropped like two weeks ago, whatever. Like, you have to do it with it, yeah, you have to do it a lot. There has to be a lot more grace with it. But this is my first experience with like an artist I like dying early and the music still living on, you know, because I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of Tupac. Fan of pa- okay. Yeah, me neither. No, no. I like I like Tupac strictly for my niggas. And then when he went to jail and came back, I didn't like all the death row stuff. I wasn't a fan. Okay. So yeah. when he came out of jail and right when he made that twist, even like um all eyes on me and all that, like, I wasn't feeling none of that stuff really. Bet. So so Biggie was my first experience with that um idolatry of an artist that mm. passes away, and so. It didn't. It didn't enhance the stuff for me. Life after death was such a monumental achievement. I thought it was a perfect album when I first heard it. Right. it was, like again, it was so sim- cinematic, and I was such a headphone kid back then that I would just put my headphones on, and that's an album you can really just zone out to, just because of the extra sound effects and the sequencing and the, what life like after the death or, or ready? Yeah, life after life after okay. death. Ready to die. I told you I was bopping around 
Brooklyn, New York with that shit. Life after death. Yeah, I, was I, in I, think, dorm. I think Ready to Die Study. is like a very, very specific experience of a person from dire circumstances. And then life after death is like, okay, I'm I, I'm still here. I'm I'm on top of everything. Here's the things what happens when you get everything you want. You know, like the jealousy, yep. the paranoia. The negative the negativity of opulence. Right. But yeah. then there's also like like Mike said, like I can I can also work with anybody I want. And I could wear everyone's style like a coat and run around with it, whether it's bone thugs, whether it's Premiere again, the joints with Kim, R. Kelly. He crushes every style. Like e- even doing the friggin' PSK school ED oh, shit. God. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like him doing that, singing player haters, like singing. <laughs> he just it was like it was like a doorway for him. To I never indulge. liked that song. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> but it's like it's kind of cool in the in the throw of the record, but like you don't go to it. Yeah, I'm never gonna like, be like, yo, put on player haters. Right. You know, <laughs> if you've been robbed. But it's like he was able to indulge all of his interests and in, and in his fantasies. While also having songs like you know like Long Kiss Goodnight, You're Nobody Till Somebody Kills You, What's Beef, so there was kind of like like this like the action part of of the, of the thing, but also being like, but here's all the down like more money, more problems. Like here's all the downsides. Like it comes at a cost, and ultimately he paid the ultimate cost. But it's like that's I think life after death. But see, I like the jiggier moments because to me he's like the king of it. He can like we all said he was making the biggest songs while still out rhyming everybody in the world i mean in hindsight more money more problems is an amazing song like when i hear it now i'm like yo this this is amazing like this is why was i ever not liking this song (laughs) we had so many problems like this all right yo let's um let's hit a quick break and then we can come back and get to the next bullet point we have call our culture talking lineage of greatness biggie smalls Germicide and the Expert present their new psychedelic hip-hop album, The Overview Effect. Think Marvin Gaye meets Edan. If you like tripped-out sounds, sinister strings, fuzz guitars, and heavy drums with social content, then this album is for you. Featuring the new singles, For the Money, Black Tears, and A Little Love. Guest appearances on the album come from Stick Figure, Farrah Ale, and Tanya Morgan. Available on vinyl and all digital platforms with a special Bandcamp exclusive vinyl that comes with liner notes, a custom art print, plus the album instrumentals. Visit theexpert.bandcamp.com now. Shablow! Shababy! We are back. Call Our Culture, Lineage of Greatness, Biggie Smalls, featuring my brother, Mike King. All right, so we're going to get into um, one of the things that actually is attributed to Biggie, but it was done pretty much after his reign by uh, um, one of his consigliaries, because he was definitely an underboss to Biggie. Um, Jay-Z has a a famous line where he injects himself into this conversation that none of us were ever having. (laughs) Pull your car and argue all day about who's the best MCs, Biggie, Jay-Z, and Oz. He just should, you know, many people are saying Biggie, Jay-Z, and Nas. He he trumped it. And the funny thing is we weren't even comparing Nas and Biggie. People had their stations and there would be kind of general conversations. But I remember back then, the top MC, it was a bigger conversation because it wasn't Mm -hmm. just a King of New York conversation. Right. So Jay-Z writes this line 
and spits it out and injects himself into the conversation that probably only fit for Nas and Biggie and maybe even a little Rakim or Rayquan at that time. Even at the Ray- time. Or, or maybe Matt, a little whoever. KRS-One. Someone in Wu. I'm just saying, KRS-One. Right. Yeah, somebody in Wu. Yeah. So Alaska. Nobody ever said Jay-Z in that conversation until like, exactly. until like 2002. Right. Right. So he wasn't even viable. In the 90s, he was rapping with Jazzo fast and shit. So yeah, he's on like uh, I would say future. Tell us, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think about this line. Yeah, this line always annoyed the shit out of me, but it it turned out to be a brilliant marketing scheme. It did. It's like he created a narrative for himself that nobody in the world was talking about. I have hats, trucker hats that pop up in my Twitter timeline or my Instagram timeline that say Jay Z, Big Ear, Nas. Ooh, like just I'm like. There are people are still fucking making money off of that shit. Well, right? to be fair, Puffy did the same thing. <laughs> you know what, what I mean? Like, by like, all right, respectfully, Biggie died, and then Puffy like climbed the mountain, was like, Biggie's the best. And then everybody was like, hey, True. we miss him. Yeah, he is the best. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, it's no he did benefit. He did benefit from not if you can call it that, but you know, when you pass away and people look at your stuff with a certain reverence. But but that line is so funny to be Alaska because we nobody I knew was having that conversation in I any mean, shape or form with those three individuals. Never heard anybody have that. And especially let, let alone talk about it all then. day. Yeah, definitely right. not then. And I would, exactly, you know, back, exactly. At that moment, I would say like AZ had a better chance than Jay Z. Well, Prodigy yeah. was better than Jay Z. Prodigy, hands down. I'm just I'm just Way saying like fucking Jay Z. Look, MOP might have had a high. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're saying. Prodigy at that time was better than Reasonable Doubt, Jay-Z? Yes. Without a yeah. question. Really? Yeah. Dude, 96 yeah. pro- Hell on Earth Prodigy? Yeah. Prodigy was great. But better than Reasonable Doubt, doubt Jay-Z? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. <laughs> That's a, right, this, well, this, this is a very Prodigy-friendly zone here, Mike. No, this, 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 this is a lot of great bars on that album. Oh, that that, is... I think I think that's a that's a future show. That's a that's good a, one. That sounds like that's a good one. Prodigy is. No, I love Prodigy. Prodigy's Oof. amazing. Oof. But not better than Jay Z. Uh, I would I could never uh, I could never go there with you. And I love nah. Reasonable Doubt more than most people on this show, but I could never put him over P at that that era. That's I can't. Fine. Later on, definitely. There there's a there's a P there's a detachment moment with me and P probably like oh three ish like after h and i see him before return the mac that whole run i was like i checked out on prodigy i was like nope he's done he's finished he's totally done and i was jayed out but i think like that for that run i i, I can never say jay was better than p but i think that was a ill it was an ill way because jay has always been about branding and marketing in a, in a way where and like you said about like Puffy, who was the undisputed best rapper before Biggie died? Like, Rock who him. Do people say Rock him, right? Rock yeah. him. Yeah. Or KRS and, potentially, or Kane. No, like, it was Rock him. Just Rock, Rock him, right? Without a question. Like, that was hands down. We all agreed on that. It was. It was Rock, right? So then, so I feel like after Biggie died, it was you know in the moment the emotions of it, two albums, all the you know what what could have been the commercial success. I feel like when Pun died, also. There was he got a big boost from Pat big Lloyd. boost, even though his second album's like but, not very good. Yeah, sadly. he dropped the dud with his second record. But because they, they started talking about the lyric lyricism of Pun 
happy that it elevated like the, like the dead in the little dead in the middle of little He's Italy. like the best puerto like, rican lyricist like ever type thing sure, was going sure. on and then they started putting him with the greatest mc's pantheon but i the, yeah i can't i put it like this. and i love puns so much puns two records fall short in terms of qualifying him whereas i believe biggie's records qualify him to put him in there and that's and that's an <laughs> argument people get on that about two records is that enough and all that stuff but i think the, the the expertise that was executed at Bad Boy to complete those two LPs. Well, he, well but he but he also gets to me credit for the Junior Mafia album. That's all yeah. him, and then the and Kim Lil shit. Kim's out, and Lil Kim's album. Yeah. Like that's that's like a three year run of just everything he touches is smash on top that's of that like, Death Row shit. That's on top of the cameos, shit. like Alaska said, and then even like the mixtape shit, like on the Road to Riches. I don't think that's enough. You don't think it's enough? What, so what's your criteria? I, no. I, I'm not saying, I don't think he's the number one ever, but what is your criteria, Mike? Or like my, an all-timer, dude. Like, I, I don't I don't know what my criteria is, but I just know two albums isn't enough, right? Like, because, you know, imagine imagine Nas died after it was written. What would we be saying about Nas? Oh, he's a king. Right, you'd be saying he's the hands-down best rapper ever. Right. But then right. we have I Am and, you know, not the other... Other nine records, you know what I mean? So, like, we don't know what was going to happen with Biggie, and that's part of the allure. You're like, okay, he went out at such a high point, right? But he could have fallen off for a while too, just like Nas did. Yep, that brings me to our next bullet point. Where do you think Biggie would be in the pantheon if he was still around right now? He would have made some whack albums at some point. Like guarantee. I mean, I, I feel like hip hop went through a phase of like kind of just being whack. You know what I mean? So like yeah. he right. wasn't immune to that. No. He would he age gracefully? Would he be the 40, 50 year old MC that we're seeing today? Would he be doing well in that? Yeah. I don't I know. I don't know. Cause so I think I think Jay-Z being on top uh extended the half-life for a rapper. Mm. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, cause, cause he turned it into this thing where I can become a billionaire. I can, I can diversify in a variety of ways. Right. And, right. and he also embraced technology very quickly. Like he's just a smart guy. Right. right. So if Biggie would have been like, if he would have stayed in the shadow of Biggie, could he have achieved that? Mm. And then Probably could not in that form. Right. And could, could rap have evolved in the way it did if Biggie was still the guy? Because you're saying because of getting in the way of what Jay-Z was able to do with rap. Right, right. Would, would we have somebody else have done those things or would Biggie have done that? Yeah, right. Very interesting. Very interesting. So it, it's too many variables to really like project hmm. it from my perspective. Well, at that time, nobody was having long careers, right? Like right. Yeah. the yeah. longest career like was like years. KRS. And even like Rakim, like by that time, Rakim was trying to sound like Nas. Right, he was doing 18 which letters. Was I think kind of like a bad look. Maybe LL. And Run DMC had the longest. Hello, had like that more. resurgence around that time with Mr. Yeah. Smith. I'm just saying, yeah. just being, yeah, no, last, no. I'm just saying, just still being yeah. an artist. Yeah, yeah, like, but yeah. the the majority but none of them stayed on make top. Two or three records, right? Yeah. None of them right. stayed Good on point. top as long as yeah. yeah. Right. Good True. point. Great point. Great I think. Point. I think Biggie. Um, oh, he would have had like the. I think the personality and the wit and the charm. I think. I think that's what would age him the best. Because that's we said before, like because he looked the way he looked, and he was a sex symbol inadvertently, and he owned that you know you know black and ugly as ever. He'd always talk about his lazy eye. He could do, and he could fit on so many styles of records in a short he, period of time. He would have been a couple of tears down in terms of Snoop's sprawl. 
Mm. Like I think he would have became yeah. a personality. Not he might not have been with Martha Stewart and cooking shows and stuff, but he would have been like right below Snoop in terms of like everybody in the world knows who the hell. I think he he's is. very lovable. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I think if he were Affable. if he were to age, I feel like your mother or your aunt or your wife, if they didn't know the records or didn't, I think they would grow to like him a lot because he was also highly intelligent. You know what I mean? Like. Ice T. I don't know if you maybe you'd be an actor. I'm not sure. But yeah, Ice T acting done a lot, did a lot. For yeah, like I mean, way more than his rapping was that. I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I think he would have probably had a falling out with Puff at some point. Definitely, almost that. That, that was everyone else that did. Was, everyone right else did. And how would that have impacted his music? That's a good. That's I don't care what anybody says. Like Puff's, a lot of that shit is Puff's vision. Yeah, yes, that's a very, yeah. very point. You know, because like so, the how would that have impacted what he was doing? Would he have made like a whack no limit record like Snoop did? They're <laughs> actually no, good. No limit records. Were They're really actually good. good when I revisit them. I'll never believe that. Yo, the, no, the, yo, yo, the game is to be sold is fire. Problem. I hated yo, that. A shit. lot of people feel that way. Yo, listen to the dog father to good. get you to get you like your stomach bubbling, and then go listen to the no limit ones. You're Correct. Like, oh wow. The no limit this joints is very are much like, a premise. Yeah, I hated that beat by the. I hated all that shit. I played it months back. I was stunned because no limit top dog was cool. No, the first one, that, the the, the game is to be sold. Yeah, dog father. Trash as it no was good. the day it first dropped, and then when <laughs> and then it made me. But then no limit. I didn't like no limit, so I was like, look, you know, I was a little hesitant, and then I was like, oh wait, wait a minute, oh. and there's a lot of good songs. On it. You know, yeah. what I just thought of too to tie in what Mike said about Jay Z. Jay would have been his second in command in the commission. Yeah, we would have got the yep. commission record. We, we would have got, got who that. Was the third, and who was the third? Cam, Charlie, Cam, Charlie Baltimore, Charlie Baltimore, and Jay, and that was their answer to the firm. But um, yeah. I think he was. I need. I need was, a sidebar. I need a sidebar. I feel like if the firm record was good, it would have changed the trajectory of hip hop. No, I'm the. I'm a firm yeah. date. Like I, I have my own playlist. I make of the firm my version of the album plus all the mixtape joints they did with Clue, which are fucking crazy. Think, think about. Think about. This is a good point. Think about the Firm album, even though those are all known rappers, doing to doing for them as a group what like Run the Jewels did for like Mike and well, the, L. The, but the but the problem with the Firm was that it was literally designed to get everybody around Steve Stout and Trackmaster summer homes. It wasn't like a thing. <laughs> It was like Steve Stout's like, oh, I managed this guy. I managed this guy. Oh, like she's cool. Oh, I managed Trackmasters. Oh, like let's let's just make this thing. So when you hear the mixtapes, they're really just hanging out and having fun and rhyming on like '80s block party shit. The mm -hmm. album's like, okay, we got to get like Dre and like Kirk Gowdy and like Nori's in it, but then Cannabis is in it, but like Half a Mill and like Pretty Boy. Whereas I think the commission was like big loved Cam. He. Clearly, oh, you think Charlie Cam would have been in commission? He yeah. was, yeah. 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 Okay, Cam wrote sorry. fucking Crush on You. Okay, right? Yeah, and that was, did. and Biggie Study Puffy was like, oh, I'm going to start my own label. I, right. I have yeah, Junior Mafia, Kim, Undius. Undius signed Cameron and signed Charlie Baltimore. And that was his deal with the dude with Un. That was going to be Biggie and Un's label. So they're going to put out Cam and Charlie Baltimore and do the, do the commission shit. And Rockefeller was his own entity. They were just mm -hmm. partnering with Payday right. Records and Def Jam later. So it's not like Jay was, my, my point is it, it didn't seem like like a way to balance everybody's portfolio. It felt like clearly Jay and Biggie had chemistry and then Biggie loved Cam. And obviously 
love Charlie Baltimore in multiple ways to bring her <laughs> in, the, in the fold. But I, but he was doing his own thing that he saw Puff doing to him. Like you said, Alaska, like seeing what Puffy was doing to Craig Mack and fucking Total yeah. and 112 and Mace and everybody else. Like, oh, kind of like how Michael Bivens and new, you know, like he's like, oh, the way we were getting fucked in New Edition, I'm going to go fuck, you know, all these fucking boys. Hurt to people, bad. hurt people. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, the East Coast family and other bad creation. I'm going to make money off these 12 year olds, even though I'm 24. I, I got another sidebar for you. So in uh, the East Coast family, they had this group. Uh, <laughs> impact. <laughs> No, no, they were called 1010. And um, they were twins. And I went to elementary school with these dudes. They were from Philly. Um, yeah, and I don't know, like, I, I don't think they were on any song except for that big East Coast family yeah, song. East, we are fat. What is, what is it called? Like the big posse cut joint? I yeah. That joint was crazy. I just remember the white dudes, Sudden Impact. It was all white dudes. Like, they all, like, turn around in, like, an R&B group wearing, like, fucking, like, prom suits and shit. <laughs> with a bottle cap haircut which i had yeah <laughs> castro what was, what's the next biggie point i'm sorry we're, we're, we're getting derailed so hey my motherfucking boy all right so when i think about the east coast versus west coast conflict the vibe cover is always popping in my head mm. so the question is how much did the east versus west war contribute to his death and was it avoidable it was completely avoidable and one of the, I think one of the through lines that we're talking about today is this idea of the power of media at this time. Because mm -hmm. it's like pre-internet, right? Like, so someone like Puff can be like, uh, Biggie's the best. Everyone agrees. Because, like, that's the message you hear from everywhere, right? And by that same token, Vibe was like, there's an East Coast, West Coast beef. And as you, as you hear... Um, interviews now when people talk about that time like I, I saw Tretch on um on math show recently and he was like we didn't know anything about this nobody in the wow. industry yeah. said a word about that exactly. like, i don't remember it wasn't it wasn't a lyric it wasn't a quote exactly it wasn't a, um, a sidebar on a video show nobody there was an actual artist had ever said those words exactly that premise so together. it was it was effectively propaganda created by someone at vibe that got two great rappers killed <laughs> jesus christ yeah i i think also um do you guys remember that you ever seen like the um uh, it, it was in the spike jones criterion collection like dvd from 15 years ago when they would put all the get like those dvds of all the best music videos Mm -hmm. And Spike yeah. Jones did the, did the "What's Up, Fat Lip" joint. Remember that? Yeah, that, yeah. Right. yeah. And yeah. then this, there was like a bonus thing where he's just rolling around with Fat Lip, has the camera running while they're just filming shit, right? And Fat Lip was talking about how how insecure he was in Farside at the time because he was like, "Who the fuck are we? We're just a bunch of nerdy fucking black dudes from the West Coast." He's like, "We thought Biggie, we thought everything he said was real." We were like, he's got all the bitches. He's a pimp. He's the biggest drug dealer. He's the biggest killer. Everything he wears is luxury. Like we were like, who the fuck are we except some jokers? And flat fat lip was felt feeling like very inadequate in the industry, being like, we gotta be more like that, and that's impossible. How the fuck are we gonna make it? Mm -hmm. And so like he really did because there was no internet and because there wasn't reality shows either. We couldn't see that oh actually like he wakes up and like looks like shit in the morning and like <laughs> spills fucking coffee on his shirt and you know has bad relationships with women and gets played out by people and then owes people money and you know like like how joe budden and like jim jones and all these people look on reality shows like oh they're just like me 
-hmm. I feel like we were all hoodwinked where he was on record so good at showing off a certain persona Mm -hmm. when we know like he was a fucking overweight nerd in Brooklyn. (laughs) He was good in school. Like this motherfucker was smart, but he couldn't be an overweight, really smart, good student and survive in the 80s, 70s and 80s. So, you know, he had to like, he, he, you know, started doing dirt and shit, but I feel like a lot of it was a survival mode to be in with people rather than get fucked up and, you know, bullied. And so when he became a rapper, he was so good at it. And whereas like Tupac was like a literal actor, like Tupac was a thespian. Yeah. He was a dad. He was a fucking ballet dude, poet who, who played the role of this gangster who had revolutionary intent. But when he's rolling with like, what was that Digital dude from underground? Yeah, but then even if Haitian Jack, like when you're rolling with Haitian Jack and that type of shit. The worst thing he ever did. You know, he and then seemed he, like he was courting death though. Biggie never did. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Like Biggie did it, I feel like, as a defense mechanism just for survival, but was so and he was around it every day. I'm not saying like he lived in the suburbs, but I feel like he got caught in that web that, you know, two remember Tupac, he said he confronted him. Tupac said, I'm just trying to sell some records by saying I fucked your bitch and you know, the whole thing. Like Pac was on that razor's edge, whereas like Biggie got caught like literally in the crossfire. But I feel like Vibe, all of them had a had a part to play. Yeah. Except you know Biggie, like we're saying, he he wasn't thinking like, oh, if I if I say I want to, I'm going to fuck Tupac's wife, I'm going to sell an extra two million. Like he wasn't in tune with manipulating the press for controversy. You know what I mean? Like the way Pac was, the way the media was, like Mike was saying, like, oh, this could be crazy if we said the New York hates L.A. Like what? But but one caveat I want to put there is I think I think Puff always understood that. Mm. Right? Like cuz yeah. you heard the story how recently it came out that the whole let the locks go was yes. his idea. Yep, for you know I mean I I feel like he always understood the power that he wielded and he was able to like put the right messages out there to help bad boy grow. So I don't think I don't think it was like maybe Biggie wasn't actively involved in this, but I suspect that there was a hand in that from the bad boy side to like figure out how can we use this to our benefit. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if both Puff and Shug talk about were it. involved together. Oh, that's so <laughs> like disgusting. the conspiracy yeah. theorists to me, but like, you know, that them both seeing the value in this. Yes. Yes. You know, whether they and sort of would come to, to this, it. but then having some impact in it. But the, well, you got to look at like the media at that time too, because this was like what ninety five, ninety six. Yeah. Like even like, you know, like the Atlanta Olympics bombing dude, right? Mm-hmm. Richard like Jewell. Yeah. Richard Jewell was just a fucking bum off the street <laughs> that they destroyed that dude's life because they didn't care. They they knew like CNN knew ratings would be there, mm-hmm. and the media knew ratings would be there. They literally tried this dude in the jury. I mean, tried this dude in the in the media. Right. And the media does the same type of shit back then. They still do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the difference but, is like every we all consume the same exact media at that time. It's not like yeah, now yeah. where it's completely splinted. So Vibe, the source, XXL had mm-hmm. like a very strong voice mm-hmm. in what we believed about what was going on. Yeah. So okay. like me as a 
kid reading this, I'm like, oh shit, we're in an East Coast, West Coast war. I can't right. be cool with my West Coast friends anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because <laughs> like that's that's just like what you believe about hip hop at that time. No, and people started playing the roles. Radio stations stopped playing yep. into yeah. music, like really strictly. I remember there's a lot of radio New York stations. You didn't have no new, you didn't have no death row artists in New York at that time. Like Except for Tupac. Tupac was still getting played. Tupac, I remember in Philly they were playing California oh, Love still. Yeah, it was just so undeniable. No Snoop, no Dre. But, like, but I'm just saying, Snoop wasn't was making bad. good records anymore, too. That time. That's like Dollfather. <laughs> yeah, but that one record that he had with, with Tupac, the American Oh, to Ameri- oh I love that song. So, so much. Love gangsta so much burn. Picture perfect. I paid a perfect picture. Oh, I love that shit. No, really, like, truthfully, it was not, they were not rocking with any new West Coast artists whatsoever. It's mm-hmm. not happening. Yeah, somebody in Wu said that it may, it may have been in Ray's book about when them they, they went out to L.A. to do. It was Wu about forever. that song. It was about that song that uh that Meth is on, Meth and Red is on on the yes. Uh, yeah, that's on me. Where yeah, they, they did Deck that is shit. on that record. Yeah, because yeah, they did that with Daz. They were just like mm-hmm. hanging out, you know. And it was like, and someone else is on there too. Besides, there's one more person, Rage, right? And then they just yep. That, yo, that's crazy. Meth, meth is like. You can still hear Inspector Deck. That's the Rebel. Yeah. yeah. That's on YouTube, his version. Yeah, Meth was like, cool with everybody. <laughs> smartest Oh, well, Tupac was also cool with Boot Camp. Yep. Oh, yeah, the One Nation yeah. shit. Yes, he was. Oh, they shit. were going to do that One Nation record. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he was best friends with Tretch. Yeah. He was, he was MC New York. Yeah. <laughs> that's so wild. Place. But yeah, uh-huh. I think definitively the answer to this is that it could have been avoided and it was, you know, largely a function was- of what the media did. Fuck. Yeah, and I mean, there's little details about uh, should Biggie have gone to the West Coast or should he have gone overseas? And those things were on the plate at the same time. But the, but the weird nah, thing right. was, like, him being there, that's what they say in the Ray and Ghost book, they made amends with him, like, the yep. day or two before he got oh, killed from like, L.A. I think even Nas was going, like, there was a lot of, like, he was right. up with him and fixing whatever was going on during that time. Or There's always stories about we were about to work on this. And he went there. He was going to do the fucking T-O-N-Y remix for CNN. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. crazy. <laughs> oh, that would have been insane after the L.A. L.A. situation. Oh, my yeah. God. And there's Pro- and Prodigy. See, Prodigy talked about that shit, too, on the Quest Love pod. Being like him and Jay-Z, where he was like, he's like, we're all getting trashed by Tupac. He shouts out, talks about Nas, Mob Deep, Jay-Z, and Biggie. And I'm the one out there, like, let's go fucking kill this guy. Like, I'll go see him in L.A. We're going to do a song. Drop, We're a gen on, drop a gem on him. <laughs> no, no, no. Yo, yo, you that would think getting your head shots enough, but then, yo, think about flashbacks to robberies in Manhattan. What happened? Come on. You know how, like, when people make their list of, like, best diss records, if that's not on it, your, your, your list is invalid to me because that record is amazing. Dog. Like who who was going at Tupac like that at that time? <laughs> Not Jay-Z. Nope. Your man had nothing to say. He had nothing to fucking say. And Prodigy's Prodigy like, like what? my team's like a what like a bunch of wild Puerto Ricans with bangers the size of African spears is warfare in the arena. We turn arenas <laughs> in the house of horrors. Like my yeah. click, you better run behind shit. You gotta get you better find it. He said get baptized. <laughs> Let's take one more break before our last bullet point. Must have been drunk out. when you wrote that shit. Wow. <laughs> to be fair, he probably was. was. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, he probably was. Yeah, yeah. drinking yeah, Hennessy. All right, we'll be back. Call out culture, lineage of greatness, Biggie Small. Has this ever happened to you? You go to drink a hot drink, but it's too hot and it burns your mouth. Ah, goddamn it! So you cool it down with an ice cube, but the ice cube is haunted. Now you hear the voice of the governess echoing through your head, even though she's been dead for hundreds of years. Now you're at work. Your boss is talking to you, but all you can hear is, I know who killed me. I know who killed me. You've got to help the governess. But you won't be able to. Not while your boss is talking. Not while he's alive. Now you're on the run. It'll be nightfall soon, and you only have an hour left of kerosene in your flashlight. Why did you buy a flashlight that runs on kerosene? You hear the sirens in the distance. It won't be long now. Luckily, there's a solution. Call Me When You're Outside, the new album by Steel Tip Dove is available now on Backwood Studios Records. Limited run of vinyl and CD is available on BackwoodStudios.com. Digital album available on all digital streaming sites. And we're back. Call out culture of the podcast. We're on Patreon. Fuck with us there. You get the episodes early. You get the one shots. We've been, we've been kind of chilling with the one shots lately, but there's a ton of them. There's about 20 so far this year. You can get exclusively on that website, patreon.com backslash call out culture podcast. We have Mike King here, initial first time guest. Hey. Um, we're wrapping up our last segment on lineage of greatness. Notorious B.I.G. Biggie Smalls. I remember reading it in the magazine when they announced like he's changing his name officially to the notorious hey. B.I.G. Because I, I knew him as Biggie Smalls. Castro, he was on the NBA Superstars tape as Biggie Smalls. Oh, yeah, wow. wasn't it like some Christian rapper or something? That no, it was a white dude. First? It was a white yeah. dude, but he spelled it with a Z, Smalls. Um, but yeah, Castro, remember that song? It's like him. It's him, Heavy D, and a dude named True Color talking to NBA shit. Where he says know. like... Biggie says, one in the chamber like Chambers, hitting that close range like Danny Ainge, nobody's stranger. Yeah. yeah, Biggie Smalls, the Brooklyn Thumper, would do with your jumper. Anyway, all right, so real quick, before we get to the last the final segment, I just want to throw this at people on the show here. I've said it on other shows years and years ago, but I have a thing called the Biggie Theory I thought of, where Biggie was so singularly important as a flashpoint in the pantheon of rap in that, and, and I think Mike touched on it at the very beginning of the show, where his skill set was so dynamic and so powerful that he did create the ultimate schism of Jiggy versus real, right? And then the whole economy of you're either with that Jiggy shit or you're over here at Stretch and Bot where Bobito Footworks. Like the whole economy is created out of the the kind of post Biggie world with the shiny suit shit, suit shit, but. Biggie was so phenomenal because he was the first guy, like we said, that had the club songs on Smash, the street joints on Smash, mixtapes on Smash, like Dreams of Fucking R&B Bitch and, and Road to Riches. Then he has the, the features on Smash, solo album, remixes, like five-tool rapper who literally could do everything and hit every audience. Oh, you want to do stories? Okay, here's Warning. Boom. I could do a story better than you, right? I could flex and style in every which way. And so because he could do every kind of fucking style effortlessly and thrive, it's almost like how the reaction was 
and I, I think Mike might have said about like OGC or like J Rue, all those dudes in his wake were like, well, fuck. I mean, <laughs> this, the songs I could have I could have sold 500,000 two years ago. It doesn't work anymore with this guy. Like I because I can't make the club song while also owning mixtapes, hardcore dudes, backpack dudes, everybody else. And so he he forced people to like dig in their heels to either say like Nas at that Source Awards being like, oh, shit, I made Illmatic. Everyone says I'm the dopest dude in the world. Doesn't matter. I didn't make one more chance remix. I didn't make fucking can't you see what total. So Nas is like, okay, no more of this, you know, purity shit. I'm getting fucking track masters. You know what I mean? Like I'm flipping Houdini. Here we go. Like I'm in the big leagues, right? And then the flip side is like, you know, like the roots with the, you know, what they do video kind of like clown him, you know, but saying they didn't, you know, day loss stakes is high lamenting all mm-hmm. oh, this. It's all about money now and watches and the, And so it, sadly, after he died, you know, like Mike said about Puffy taking the reins and going even further and Mace and all that shit. But I feel like he he forced people to reconsider what they were going to do with their careers and what was viable anymore. And then also help start stretch. I mean, um, Bobby, like Fondalum and then sh- later on, like raucous and jokes is like, we're the anti that shit. So your, your point here, we actually had an article about this on UGHH a few years ago. We talked about 97 being the year where like hip hop split in half, like you're talking Dang. about. There and it was go. like, 97 was like co-flow at the same time. It was like the rise of. And, and real quick, Mike, maybe you guys said it. Co- I'm sorry. Fun crusher and no way out dropped the same day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly that's what the article is about. Oh, it was shit. about them dropping on the same day, <laughs> and um, you know, like you said, just like creating a very big schism between what hip hop was, and you know, in the wake of that, the raucous stuff, and like you said, jokes and so on. And yeah, a lot of people just had to choose a side at that point. And like we've been discussing, effectively, I chose that side, like the side mm-hmm. of Koflo and all of that, because you know, I wasn't. I wasn't smart enough, comfortable enough. I don't know what the word was where I felt like I could make the decision of like, oh, I, I like some of this and some of this. Right. And yeah. I think where we're at now is everyone is just like created their own subculture of rap that they like. It's like, yeah, I like some mumble rap. I like some Drake. I like some Aesop rock. I like, you know, you just like some of everything. Right. And I think that's just a function of the maturity of hip hop that we didn't have at that time. True. Agreed. You know what I mean? Agreed. Well, yeah, there was always like the sort of like real hip hop versus fake hip hop argument. And it just really like took off then. Like the the partisanship was at an all time high. <laughs> Word. <laughs> because back in the original groups dabbled in both. Like Houdini, yeah. look how they dress. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know. Jalil dressed one way, but ecstasy rest in peace dressed another day. But what right. I'm just saying, like there was it was the flamboyance and that we're making some money. You know what I'm saying? It was always that a little bit. But um, you're right. I mean, so, like, NWA had club songs. True. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? They had like legit like house songs. Oh shit, drop beer on the laptop. Yeah, but they didn't have like uh, you know, um like on 112 remixes. Like they didn't have like that element. But nobody had that then. That's what I'm saying. Like, no. he, yeah, yeah. He just yeah, but she had like ODB on a, a Mariah Carey record. Yeah, true. 
True. But again, that was, a, that was another that was another instance of like, what are you rapping about? This song is about something else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Last bullet point, gentlemen, of the of the show. Who do you wish the notorious B.I.G. Frank White worked with before he passed? Nas. Wow. Ooh, right out the gate with it. Either Nas or G-Rap. G-Rap, that's a good one. Alaska. Um, Scarface or Cube? Ooh, Ooh. Wow. very strong picks. I gave very you strong chill. picks. So, so Cube, Cube popped up on the on the Born Again album, which I was running today. That doesn't count. With Beanie. That doesn't count. Yeah, it's not right? But it's like worst. It's like Don Mega Cube, which is <laughs> oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like it's like Beanie. Walking up that ladder to success escalator style, where he's like jumping out of vans like Hannibal Smith, like and Biggie's his hero, so he's trying to shine. Um, yeah, that that did happen. Oh, too. you know who else I would love to hear with with Big Seagull? That would have been something. That's his hero. If you go back to Seagull, like him and Jay are like oh, neck and neck, yeah. neck and neck. Like who's gonna bite Biggie style more? Yeah, all the time. Style. people don't notice i think because they, they're missing with the gruffness no like he auditioned for the movie like he wanted to be big like mm-hmm. everything in his life was about trying to be biggie listen to his flow how he breaks it down it's very lot of biggie in it oh even even peaches uh, and cream his his whole verse on that is biggie shit well 112 who do i want to do what i want biggie to work with? what about producers he he did so much in that era like just checking yeah. off like rizza kg Premier. Uh, Lord Finesse, Easy Moby. Um, I would have liked Biggie to work with Camp Low. And I'd be like a real Camp Low song, like a Lucini part. Yeah. Oh, Yo, that'd be fire. That'd be that'd fire. Be yeah. Although, you know who else I would love to hear with Camp Low? Either Ghost or Cameron. Mm. How is Ghost never work with Camp Low, man? I mean, that just seems Damn. like such a natural fit. Especially yeah, like when when Pretty Tony and um wow, what the hell was the name of their second record? Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Like they dropped them almost at the same time. And yeah. It was like yeah, similar no, vibe. The whole three, black rotation. Yeah. yeah. Camp Low could have been on Big Doria. They would have mm-hmm. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Like that would have been. Um, I'm trying to think who I would want to hear Biggie with. Wait, had did he ever do a ski record? No, no. Ski was all over the J. No, wait, shit. wait. I got the big one. Let go legendary. I think he could have. Ah, because I mean that 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 that, that super cat song was crazy. If he did something with Bob, or if he did something with like the Molly family, I would want him. I would want him on beat miners. I want him on that like the shining great. era beats. Yeah, from beat miners. Yeah, okay. but that wouldn't have happened because of that. I know. Who can't was saying they, they about shot their own dicks off. Like, yeah, don't be a fucking idiot, dude. Work with this guy. <laughs> no, but they, no, but they were Brooklyn. Some of them were Brownsvillians. There was no way that them and Biggie were gonna get along. If, if after after you know it broke up, after it broke down, there was no coming back from it. What about freestyle fellowship? Hmm. There's like the sort of musicalities in there. I mean, you know, their flow is so wild, and he, I love those guys. With, like he did go well with um bones, bones yeah, autonomy. He might have been able to like really like get jump into, into that Mike and Nine style. You know, okay, so I was listening to Road to Riches today, where he sounds like 
just as fucking incredible on all the death row shit as like as Snoop does, right? Yeah. I would like to hear him like but that era of death row. Like I don't like the post Dre death row. No. Like, but like, like, like the like Dre, like Daz, like that run with those dudes and him, because he just he could just fit anywhere. Like he's just, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed at like who to pick in that era for the, that he didn't work with. Did he do anything with Too Short? Yeah, on uh, the world is filled. I got right, a whole right, right, lot okay. of bitches in my lifetime. Yeah, that's great. I love that song. Dragon Mink on the floor. Yeah, I'm glad that him and Eminem got to do the track together. I listened to that today. I'm kidding. I listened to that today, and that Eminem verse is not good. No, like, yeah. as far There's as like good about verses go, it's not good. And and then I was just like listening to what Biggie was saying. I'm like, yo, this song wasn't supposed to come out. Like, these are really, really fucked up things. It's very fucked up. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a song on the Born Again joint with Too Short. Where it's like a verse he must have done for Luke, because he's just saying, talk about pissing on bitches and fucking him in the ass. I'm like, God damn, bro, this is like too much for me. Like this, this should not be on your posthumous release. Like, yeah, <laughs> this should be on all the all the two live crew shit, wherever the fuck it was supposed to be. Just leave it over there. It's it was foul. It was like Nas level gross. I was like, they, Ugh. wait, I know Havoc did a beat for. For uh, Biggie, did the they day. ever? Did they ever I do missed. a song though, like yeah. Prodigy? Oh no, no, no! They're no. also on Born Again. It's not good. Yeah, Mob I Deep don't. Song. We don't count We're that. Like much. Pharaoh? Yeah. I was thinking about him Pharaoh doing a song. I was thinking about that. That would be kind of crazy, especially that era, Pharaoh. Yeah. Over some, over some decent for me. Like if if, if Biggie there is he had no... OC's verse on like um, organized. Yeah. There is right. no Pharaoh Munch in Premier Song, and that's shocking. Wow. That's wild. Ooh, like he's on some OC records doing like hooks, but okay, yeah. I got it. I got my pick. He should have been on the Crooklyn Dodgers two song. Two. Yes, with Chub Rock. Yes, Oof. on that beat, that Brooklyn shit. Come on, bro. Yeah. Nah, nice. I, I can never envision him and Jay Root working together. They were their eternal opposites and enemies. I'll never would so let him replace Jay Root. Yeah, I'll, I'll put him right in that spot on that beat. I, I would never do that. I love Jay Root. He's crazy. Mm, I, I would. I love Jay Root, but he's not blocking Biggie on a song. I with wanted a few people that I root for. Jay OC and, and fucking Chub Rock on the Clockers. Biggie, on the Clockers, Jay Root, the damager, motherfucker. Because you're always about the underdog. That's so, so fucking what? typical. So what? I root for Jay Root, the damager. Is this because Jay Root uses a chew stick and Biggie doesn't? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why. Jay Root had the beer and he was on Nubian and shit. What? Yeah, couldn't okay. tell me nothing about my, my I, I, me and Jay Root. That's my spirit animal. Played <laughs> a show with Jay Root in like 2006, and he had on dirty sweatpants. I wanted to. Dirty. I'm gonna get him to do a hook on. Nah, yo, Jay Root is is one of the coolest dudes I've met in rap. Like, I did a show I, with him in Paris. I, I can't remember what year. Let's say it's like 06 or something like that. And like that was my only in person interaction with him. And then I mm -hmm. showed up at a, a party he was throwing in Boston. 
And like, I'm like, yeah, I'm coming in. I'm coming in to see Jeru. And I hadn't like talked to him in advance. And the the doorman was like, who are you? I'm like, Icon. And then he goes and tells Jeru. And Jeru's like, yeah, that's my man. Bring him in. Bring him in. So like, I've had other, you know, um, interactions with him since. But every time he's been super cool to me. So I got nothing bad to say about Jeru. He's staying on that song for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, 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 sorry, I love Biggie, but in terms of Biggie versus Jeru, and the, and the death, death beam is pointed at the earth, and you got one shot to win it all. Get the fuck out of here. I'm going with Jeru to damage it. Yo, man. well, your man got splashed got out on kicking the door. Yeah, <laughs> your man got taken out on kicking the door. Okay. Son, I surp- I'm surprised you run with them. They must be coming them because they nothing but dicks trying to blow up like nitro and dynamite sticks. Yo, I don't I don't understand how Primo Wait, that's about like, J Rue? Yes. When he, yeah. he he looked at Premier and he said, Son, I'm surprised you run with them. Yeah. That was I don't under, I don't understand how like Primo is just down with everybody and they're all like dissing each other over his yeah, Primo was like, wow. This was out to you, and Primo was like in the control room like this. It's like hey, <laughs> I just make the beats and get 40 bands of beat. I'm good. I don't care. About twenty five bands, y'all can say whatever I want about each other. Where's my twenty five? He was yo when, when that when when I caught it years and years later when he went at Nas on um on Victory. Your fam Destiny lays in my head, got lays in my waist. Talk about Nas's daughter. No, that's not what that's about. He said your destiny, not your, the your fam Destiny lays it. He hid that shit. He was His good. Daughter's with that name shit, is bro. Destiny. Yes, I know it is. I, I said nah. I'm no, bro, that. you don't know about my Biggie Wars, who you think kicking the door is for, but that's my heart. You're still tripping on. Yo, I love how Nas on, on Last Row and Bob Alive is always like, yo, Jay-Z was never and will never be shit when it comes to me and Biggie. That dude is a fucking afterthought. It is about me and Biggie and Raekwon and Ghost and Biggie. Jay-Z yep. is never in this fucking conversation. Don't get it fucked up that he's popping now. That's silly. Let's let's stop all that shit. It was me and this guy gunning at each other and Ray and Ghost popping off. I'm like, uh, I tend to believe you. You know, you're, uh, you're, you know, you don't fuck around. Yeah, no, but that's true from that. All right. Well, well hold right. on. But what, what would we think? I mean, I know that song 10 Bricks and whatever came out after the fact, but how y'all feel about Ray, Ghost, and Biggie? Whew. That would be fucking crazy. Like, like nine yeah. on a RZA beat? Yeah. Yeah. Verbal Intercourse 2 yeah. with Biggie yeah. or some yeah. shit. Pure RZA. It's not, not Taco Bell RZA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Possible beat Dad Jeans RZA? You don't feel, you don't feel that one? You know what it is? Yo, like four different people today all hit me at different times about the Wu-Tang Crocs. They were like, yo, you grabbing a pair? I'm like, fuck with me. Fire that yellow. So why, why, I'm wearing why yellow Crocs at the moment. No, no, but mm. is it me or is there like a Wu Tang yellow? They never really go gold. They always have this nice, this specific yeah, it's yellow. a specific yellow, yeah. definitely. Yeah, specific like Killer B yellow because I would think by now they would go gold like the um, Ray Fon emblem, like you know what I'm saying, a little bit more muted, a little more rusted, just to because it would work. You could just do different colors, but I remember they always went with that damn yellow. All right, anyway, well, and real quick, shouts to Def C. He already bought his bag. He received his bag of Ghostface Killer Coffee. He showed me a picture today. Oh, he did get a Killer he Coffee. Yo, Ghost, I was saying, if Ghostface will put his name, Def, Def C. C he got, he got the Killer wow. Coffee. I'm like, yo, Ghost, every two years, Ghostface will put his name on fucking crypto, vapes. He don't give a fuck. He puts, he's all about licensing. I love it. 
great. Adrian Young yeah. albums, he don't give a fuck. His name's on so it. So that that is something that I think would be really interesting to consider about Biggie. Like, what sort of things would he have done with his brand? Right. Oh, right. shit. Oh, I man. feel like he's, he would have been like, I think he would have diversified like how Shaq surprises us with certain commercials. You say he would have been rapping for the general? The general, yeah. like Papa John's, <laughs> Papa John's. Nah, he like, definitely would have had clothes, episode. big and tall. Oh, it's a, it's a great tall, episode yeah. in Martin, but he still blew he, he blew it away in Martin. He would, we were surprised. He was natural as hell. He would be, I don't know, the um, all-state guy right now. No. <laughs> Yo, that's that's the one thing real quick. Jay never did outside of his cameo on one of the Rockefeller. He never acted. Yeah. He was really no, bad. The cameo. He was really no, bad in that cameo. Yeah, he's he never pursued it ever. He doesn't even a lot of his commercials he don't talk really. Yeah, he's nope. not really yeah, he's, he's like moving his hands or walking yeah. around as they're recreating his, his album cover. He'll get the overdub, <laughs> he'll get the side and shit, but yeah. he won't be like talking, talking. But all right, y'all I think we've reached the end of our uh wow. Brownsville Brick Road on the Diggy Walk. May he rest in eternal peace. Yes. We are grateful for all the things he contributed. We are not, we're not too fond of duets and born again, but whatever. The King and I, you're not, you're not banging that one. Canon. Uh, not canon. Yeah, it's not like canon. the new Star oh, Wars shows. Oh, that hurts Alaska. Oh, low blow to Alaska. Alaska you didn't so watch the newest episode of Obi Wan. I did. You didn't tell me that Mando popped up in Boba Fett. I watched the recap. Of course. Oh, uh, Boba Fett was awful. Really? But I didn't I like Mando it. Mando and Grogu was all in there. I didn't know that was happening. I like Oh, it. man. I cannot fuck with Boba Fett at all. Uh, it was, yeah, it was like silly. It. No, those, those, um, with those pop people on those weird motorcycles that couldn't go fast. I know that was <laughs> drama. I was like, he's like, what the? He said it had like the whole mumblecore scene, putting like a, appendages on robots and stuff, like giving dudes robot nah, arms. See, see, Alaska, like, Alaska's like old school Star Wars fan. Like, he got the books and shit. Like, I never read none of that. If it wasn't, nah, I never read film, any of that stuff. If it wasn't in a film, I never I saw it. Books will make you like super canon because they, they introduce so many little characters. But anyway, y'all. Oh, I'm like quick. the only person I know that likes the new trilogy. Like, I love the new trilogy. <laughs> it's got the best lightsaber scenes. It, it does. does. And, and Last Jedi is like top two Star Wars movies for me. Mm. What if Biggie was in or the Maybe Star top three. <laughs> he turned around, it's a trap, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I want to say before we wrap it up officially that Mike, Mike, unknowingly, uh, your your appearances on the Rap Library Pod and Dad Bod Pod, mm-hmm. our homies over there, you, your name has popped up on the group chats as required listening amongst the rap yes. homies. Thank so you, thank you. We are, let's say it publicly. Everyone after you, yes, everyone after you listen to this, listen to those pods about Mike's journey, about his new project, about the marketing, fucking genius behind all the shit he's trying out listen steal all those ideas we've been telling clients of ours in our consulting like listen to those mike king episodes <laughs> some shit get the glow up official yo so, like do it my just real quick before we jump off like the record i got with music soul child it's like being played on commercial radio uh nice. videos about to go on mtv yeah. like it this is weird yeah. you know what i'm saying it's weird like to be in this space after you know, all the stuff I tried back in the day that just didn't work. <laughs> right, right. And now, and now you have something that's on the incline. We're all right. experiencing that in different levels of our career. But so congratulations. You did the billboard in Times Square. Yeah, I, I did four billboards in Times Square. 
uh, on Mother's on, Day. It was wild. Like, on, it's bro. been a lot of fun, man. I'm, I've been yes. enjoying this. So go listen to him on those pods, Rap, Rap Library and Dad Bod to steal all Mike's ideas. They're available. <laughs> They're free. Just steal yeah. them. You don't go give a it. fuck. And take a picture <laughs> if you see the billboards in, in the future. So that that's it. Alaska, you got you got anything else happening? Uh, I guess the second Black Sabbath episode that we're doing will be dropping. Oh, by the nice. time this comes up, with um, gang, with gang, yeah, and I think uh, Sharif is on that one. Nice, shouts to Fat Boy yeah. Sharif. So uh, other than that, not much. Just you know, a couple of records being mixed and worked on. Dope. But I don't really want to try to hit those. I'm trying to hear those. Mm. I, I get, I get, once I get a decent mix on some stuff, I'll send you some stuff. Like, that's what's up. Uh, yeah. Castro, do you want? Did you want to share any news with anybody? That, uh, anything we're working? I'm healing well. Um, we uh, new shopping record is being mixed and mastered, and it's be about to be up for production. So, so on schedule to drop this year, but it sounds like a whole new record after Willie Green touches it. It's ridiculous now. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous before. Now it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> Perfect. Um, Did Dove produce that whole thing? Dove produced eight tracks. Olaf. Nice. Uh, Olaf of uh, More Mother Fame produced three tracks, two tracks, and then um, Child Actor produced three. Bang. Or other way around. Child Actor produced two, or Olaf produced three, something like that. But Dove did like eight. He did the majority of the What's up? Uh, any other albums? Are we allowed to talk about it yet, Castro, real quick? Or So the Wrecking Crew album, Sedale Threat, is being sent off shortly for manufacturing. manufacturing. So that should be coming out. features some incredible people on the show, not on the show. But uh, it is the first real album for me, Castro, and Prem Rock with a little bit of small pro in there with a couple other people. So that'll... Uh, Maybe drop this month. Who the fuck knows? But we have the artwork now for all the, the physicals in hand. And the mixing and mastering is done. Just about. The very, very end. We're 99% finished. So you'll hear a lot of that on the show. The show exists to promote us first. That, that's our marketing scheme, Mike. Start a fucking podcast. It's smart. Make 150 <laughs> episodes and then plug your fucking music on the show. There I'm you saying. go. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the uh, the Michelin Guide. That was made just to yeah. get people to drive more places so that they would have to buy tires. Bang. There you go. <laughs> Dope. This is good. We're gonna yeah. have a we're gonna have a marketing spin-off series. There's <laughs> me and Mike. Okay. Fuck the fuck the Black Sabbath Alaska spin-off. We're gonna have the me and Mike marketing thing. We're gonna charge for that. Fifty dollars an episode. Do you have another podcast? What'd you say? Don't you have another podcast? I don't ha- I don't have another podcast. Fifteen twenty Sedgwick Polis. Oh, well, it's not a pot. That's an IG live thing with me, Dan O from Free Music and Chong Wizard Dude talking about current comic books. But uh, yeah, they're only on YouTube. It's not a podcast. Maybe it will be. Maybe that'll be a part of our network. We haven't figured out yet. Uh, but there you go. So we'll, we'll do the me and Mike marketing show, $50 an episode. And then me, Dan O and Chong Wizard talking comics. And then Castro, you can do the weed show or whatever the fuck you want to do. That'd be cool. The J Rue show. <laughs> Lydia, Lydia's a great is J Rue. All right, boys. Anything else you got to say? Nah, you signing off. The blouse, the boy, the baby. Boy, my favorite. Biggie overdub. Uh-huh. 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 Which I think um, Puppy will be in the studio at 3 in the morning while Biggie was there. Just keying it in on a, on a pad. Uh-huh. On. <laughs> I promise you that's what Migos do. Oh, man. <laughs> on a trigger pad. And they just Mama. press it in. 
Oh, Mr. Hugh ain't worth shit. This is fucking cool. All right, y'all. We out. All right, boys. See you later. Peace. Peace. Later.